Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line as usual this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as regular listeners will know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also does much reports and stories for our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. It's a Challenge Cup weekend this weekend, so a couple of teams of ours aren't playing, uh, but uh, Castleford Tigers are carrying the flag for us locally. And they're up against Salford, who they beat in the league last week, and Peter. And I think, personal point of view, would be capable of doing the double this weekend. Yeah, Castle, Castle win that, as, I've, as I keep saying on there. Yeah, get you Castle on might on be the uh, Challenge Cup winners. Um, I'd, I just think they'll be too good. Yeah. Salford. Um, you never know. I mean, the the one for I didn't see the game because I was I was at um, Wakefield against Catalans, but that was a fairly convincing win. Um, they're in decent shape, Castleford, and I just think they'll be too strong for Salford. Although Salford obviously were very good in the cup last year and and pulled off some surprise results, beating Catalans and particularly Warrington in the semi final. So they can't be written off, but I I just think Cass on current form will be too strong for them. Yes, I'd agree. Um, as you say, Salford have had a, had a decent run in the last couple of years in cup games, haven't they? they? They got to the grand final a couple of years ago and and as you point out this year, they've also, uh, last year, sorry, last season, they got to the Challenge Cup final. Uh, but they're just, I think, going through a bit of a transitional period now, aren't they, under Richard Marshall and just starting to find their feet and, You'd suspect at this stage of the campaign they're probably more interested in uh, getting going in the league rather than the cup. That's not to say in a one-off game Cass can't be beaten because we've seen that plenty of times down the years as well. Um, I don't think it's a case of Castleford just turning up and winning by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But uh, even with a couple of players out, I think Cass Cass were too strong for them and it's, it's clear that the players and Daryl obviously want to win a trophy before he leaves at the end of this season and I'm sure the Challenge Cup is the one that gives them that best opportunity. Yeah, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't see them winning the grand final this year, although I would expect them to be in, into the playoffs and, and the semi-final sort of stages, but I genuinely think they've got a chance in the Challenge Cup. Um, obviously, a lot depends on the draw, but it's neutral grounds after this weekend, isn't it? In the um, in the semi-finals, yeah. And I think they'd fancy the chances against anybody on on um, a neutral ground, even Wigan and Saints. So they're, they're as good a chance as any. I just I just think this if if Cass are going to win something, I think this is this is the year with Darrell's departure and a few players who are probably coming to the, the end of their time at the club. Um, it's all sort of the script is written for, for Cass to to win a trophy this year and for Daryl to bow out in a, in a blaze of glory. And I, I really fancy the chances. I think they're the sort of team that can beat anybody on their day. Um, they'll have to play better than they did in the last round of the Cup against Sulkayar when they were quite fortunate to, to get through, obviously, in, in golden point extra time. But they're a better side than Salford. They're in better form than Salford, and I do think they'll win this weekend. Yep, uh, I would agree with that. And uh, 
obviously then there'd just be one game from Wembley. Um, there's a couple of other interesting ties there as well this weekend. Hull and Wigan, I think you mentioned last week how these games seem to come around where they play each other in the league and they're drawn in the cup or they've just played each other in the cup and then the league's up next. And Hull and Wigan's another example of that. Uh, Wigan ended Hull's unbeaten start to the season in an exciting game. I did see quite a bit of that one and a very nip and tuck uh, all the way through there. And uh, obviously uh, the game was overshadowed by the allegations made against the Wigan forward Tony Club by Andres Savaelo, the Hull forward. Um, but as we're speaking on Tuesday tea time, the RFL judiciary still haven't dealt with Tony Club, uh, who's been charged with the grade F offence. Um, so I think, you know, other than to say that, as we've said many times, uh, any form of racism within the game and, and life in general is unacceptable. It's maybe something we could look at next week uh, once the hearing's been uh, held into Tony Club and the allegations made against him. Yeah, I think obviously we'll have to wait and see what the, the tribunal decide. But um, I think it's important that that you take Savilio's word for it to an extent. I can't imagine why he'd make up an allegation. Um, yeah. But we obviously... By the time this podcast comes out, the verdicts will be known. I think the RFL have set the stall out in their um, their campaign against discrimination of any form. So I would imagine it, if he gets found guilty, he'll face a, a stern punishment. But like I say, it's something we can we can talk about um, another time. But obviously, it adds just a, a little bit of an extra factor to this weekend's game. I thought Hull. They had a really good go last week against they did, Wigan. Yes. They weren't far off, only lost by a um, a penalty goal. I think some of their discipline wasn't the best, but if they can get that sorted out, I think they're capable of winning it. Wigan are a tough team to beat. That was obviously, as this season's record shows, they've won all their competitive games this year. Um, a cup tie, five out of five in the league. They're even when they're not playing well, they just they just hang in there yeah. and they tend to score. They might have been second best for 39 minutes, but they tend to score just on half-time and get the noses in front. And They're a difficult team to claw back once they are in front. So it'll be a, a tough game, but it's got all the makings of a, a really tense encounter. That one, um, obviously, from a Yorkshire perspective, it'd be good to see Wigan... Um, Turfed out of the cup by Hull. We want to see some Yorkshire teams at um, at Wembley this year. It's a tough one to call. I suppose you'd, you'd you'd maybe lean a little bit towards towards Wigan winning that one. But as I say, it's it's just one of those games that could go either way. The the disciplinary hearing tonight. There's a couple of um, Hull players up at that who were appealing against one match bans. That could have a, a bearing. I think Jake Connor's one of them. Um, obviously, it's important to them that he plays, um, though he'll have to improve, improve his discipline. But I, I could see it. I could see it being a really tight game. That one, and again, coming down to a penalty or um, or maybe a drop goal, or just or, or there being just one score in it. I think Hull have improved a lot 
this season. They seem to be, to me, to be a tougher, more resilient side than they have been at times in the past. And um, I think they'll quietly fancy the chances. Yeah, I think it'll be another tight one. I agree. And um, again, we've talked about Daryl wanting to go out on a high at Castleford. And I think under the new coach, Pat Hutchinson at Hull, they've uh, clearly improved um, and obviously hanging games a lot better than they had done maybe in the last couple of seasons. And probably as well from Hull's point of view, it's probably their best chance of winning something this season, you'd think, the Challenge Cup. So I'd imagine they'll be really going for it. And as you touched on there, there were, away from the Tony Club incident, there were a few other flashpoints in the game. I know Zach Hardacre and Jake Connor seemed to have a few toe-to-toes, didn't they, uh, during the game. So I, I think it'll be a, a really interesting game all round. Um, it'll have to be strongly refereed and keep a lid on things. And uh, just returning briefly to the club incident, when we were talking uh, last weekend about comments made to the referee by Richie Myler and suggesting that maybe a third party should be involved to create some kind of level or burden of proof. I noticed in the Cervielo incident, James Child did call both the captains and the player over and explained what was happening and that he was putting it on report, didn't he? So there was a a sort of pattern or a path laid down immediately. Um, and, And maybe, again, that's something that the teams or the officials could consider in future weeks if such an incident like the allegation against Richie Myler of making a comment to the referee is repeated. Uh, but Well, that's, that's that standard procedure. If if an allegation of that sort is made, then, um, then as I understand it, the referee has to ask the player involved if he wants to make a complaint and then he has to call the captains together and tell them right. what's... I see. What's going on and, and place it on report. Obviously, it's a little bit different with the with the dissent because or the alleged dissent because it was aimed at the referee. Um, so obviously, he was aware aware of what what was going on. He he wouldn't necessarily have been aware of the um, of the comment allegedly made to um, to Andre Sevilla. Yeah. So I, it was just basically following following procedure. Um, on that one and it's you know it's a difficult one if if there isn't any independent corroboration but obviously you know you have to you have to take people at the word sometimes and um obviously that's that's what's happened or what the match review panel have, have done by referring it to the um, to the disciplinary committee and but We'll talk about that when we yeah. know what the sure. the actual result of it is, which hopefully should be um, hopefully should be fairly soon. And by the time this podcast comes out, I hope it's not a repeat of um, of the, <laughs> the great F charge which John Tompkins was was landed with after uh, Catalan's game against Leeds in the playoffs last year when the, the verdict came out after midnight. Yeah. Uh, Without that, I can't remember if you were on on the desk that day, Rich. But I was I was up waiting for the verdict, yeah. and yeah, it was a long one. I think um, hopefully we'll get a result a bit earlier than, than that this time. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, we've all got deadlines to meet and beds to get to, so hopefully something <laughs> yeah. one way or the other will come out before midnight. And just uh, just finally on the Challenge Cup. 
Peter, um, the other two games this week and another Yorkshire team, Huddersfield Giants, who got their first win against Leeds last week. They're away at uh, playing Saints and Warrington Drag, uh, playing Catalan Dragons, who beat Wakefield. Uh, I think you'd fancy Warrington and Saints to go through out of those two. Um, so create a very strong looking last far in the Challenge Cup if our predictions come true. Well, uh, yeah, Catalan's Warrington's interesting. Obviously, Warrington won over there the other week, just a couple of weeks ago in Super League. Catalan's are a good side, though. They're going to be very difficult to beat when Sam Tompkins is in the form he is at the moment. Um, Wakey gave him a good game, though, and it finished with a 20-point gap, 38-18, but that was only after Wakey collapsed in the last 10 minutes. Up until that point, they were in with every chance of of coming away with a victory. Catalans will have to be better. Um, Warrington, a bit shaky again against Hulk KR, and, and that time it was Hulk KR that um, fell away late on. But you'd, you'd probably think that Warrington have enough to win that one. Saints against Huddersfield, it's hard to see anything other than the Saints victory there. Huddersfield, I saw them play Leeds at the weekend. I they got the win, but against a, a scratch Leeds team, again with no halfbacks, I, I wasn't particularly impressed by Huddersfield. Maybe they're a team that, that will kick on now. They've had a, a victory, but I, I just can't see them beating Saints on um, on current form. So I'd, I'd expect probably the, the semi-finalists to be Warrington Saints, Wigan and Castleford. Yeah, uh, well, I'll disagree slightly. I, I think Hull will, will beat Wigan. Um, so I, I'll, I'll go Hull, Cass, uh, Saints and Warrington. Nearly said Wigan again then. <laughs> Saints and Warrington and uh, maybe keep the the two Yorkshire sides apart in the semis, I don't know. All, all on the look of the draw, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think... Strong lineup anyway for the last four and uh, should create plenty of interest um, for us. And as you say, just obviously this week, Leeds and Wakefield haven't got games. Uh, disappointed again with Wakefield just at the end there. I thought they were maybe going to get their season going with a win against Catalans. But as you say, they, they just seem to blow out again right at the end. I don't know whether it's fitness or confidence or a bit of everything, but uh, they held on into the game at least for most of it this time rather than just a half as they've been doing earlier in the season. And, uh, yeah, I thought they played quite well for, for most of it. The Catalan scored three tries in the last 10 minutes, but I thought Wakefield, once Catalans had gone eight points clear, they they got a try and then um, a difficult conversion. I think Wakey's Wakey's heads dropped a little bit after that, and the score blew out. But I thought there were some encouraging signs for them. Ashall Bot playing at fullback had a, a decent debut. He's on loan from Huddersfield. He's, he looks like he could be a decent signing for them if he gets um, if he gets to stay longer. They're going to have some players back for the next game against Leeds. Tom Johnson could be back. Apparently Jacob Miller's not far off. Matty Ashurst is also going to be there or thereabouts. So I think Wakefield are improving, but like Leeds, they, 
they need a win. It's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting game that one, and and whoever loses it will obviously be in, been a little bit of bother. I don't think Leeds are particularly yet because I think their main problem is just a lack of um, a lack of senior players due to to injury. I think Leeds will be fine when they get some players back, but obviously were they to lose to Wakefield, um, the pressure will start to mount. A little bit and Wakefield need to get a win on the board. They've lost um, all their competitive games this season, um, six straight defeats. So, you know, they need to snap out of that or it could be a it could be a very difficult um final six months of the season for them. So that's gonna be an interesting game. Yeah, definitely. Um I think that's probably must win for both teams. Uh, they'll have had some time off. Um, due to not being involved in the cup this weekend, and as you say, hopefully, well, from my point of view, Wakefield will get a few of those key men back, and uh, have a bit of a more competitive side out on the field. But I think it's crucial, really, now. You know, <laughs> after as it sounds, we're getting up towards a third of the way through the season, aren't we? After seven or eight games, so you know, without any sort of win at all, it, it just can't. The spiral continues, and it's. it's Really essential ahead of the really key games then against the likes of Lee and Salford and so on, who they haven't played yet. You know that Wake could really do get into some kind of winning form. And uh, the game against Huddersfield from Leeds' point of view, I was uh, doing it for the Yorkshire Post last week with our colleague Dave Craven. <laughs> that sounded stunning. The last second of the of the game, the last kick. Um, so, heartbreak for Leeds or it could have been yet another well it would have been a golden point scenario obviously first wouldn't it if if he'd missed that kick um, but we said last week if the winner of that game may well go on a bit of a run now and although Huddersfield of Saints in the cup this weekend um, you know probably give them a bit of a lift now going into their next league game too so it's all boiling up nicely and uh just going on from there and, and Super League in general, Peter, see last week we've spoken several times about the new television deal or potential new television deal uh, for the game and Sky TV announced last week that they'd agreed to continue covering uh, Super League games as they have done since its inception. Uh, but sounds like the money will be a lot less in the next two years than it has been in previous contracts. And... Uh, maybe almost a bit of a take-it-or-leave-it situation. There didn't seem to be any other bidders involved or anyone willing to pay anywhere near what Sky did, which was considerably less. Uh, the previous deal was reportedly £40 million and this one is reportedly £25 million a season, which is a heck of a shortfall to make up, isn't it? Especially when they've lost money out of this year's deal or this year's money from last year when Sky helped out with the COVID situation. And then, uh, obviously, they've got to make a contribution to the Championship and League One clubs out of that TV money too. So, uh, real tough times for the game. And you can't stress enough how we need to get the fans back and get some money back through the turnstiles again to support the game. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, any deal that's worth less money is is a concern. I think the, the interesting aspect of it is the possibility of maybe a separate deal for the for the lower divisions. It'd be good to see them getting some T V coverage. I think the championship's an excellent composition. 
um, and also the prospect of some live Super League matches on the BBC. That would be great for the sport, as good as Sky's coverage is. Um, not everybody has a, a Sky dish. Not everybody can afford to pay for their um, for a subscription. So it'd be to have rugby league back on, say the BBC on a on a Saturday afternoon would be a real bonus. I think we'll have to keep an eye on what happens there, but that could um, that could be a good outcome for the sport. But yeah, the rugby league's biggest problem is a lack of money and. Um, Obviously, a reduced TV deal just makes that that worse. So it is a it is a concern, really. Um, when Super League broke away from the RFL, the idea was that there would be more sponsors and they could bring more sponsors and more money into the to the game or into their portion of the game, and that's not happened. So um, yeah, that's very disappointing. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not really sure. Which what other alternative that there was open to the game? It doesn't sound like there was any, but you know I think as a way of getting people re-engaged in the sport, uh, certainly to get it back on terrestrial TV, is certainly a good thing. Um, you know, as you say, I, I remember from my own experience when uh, rugby league first went onto Sky TV. I didn't have a you know Sky TV or anything like that, and I lost a bit of touch with it. You know. See the odd games in the pub, and you would see thing, you know, the uh, Challenge Cup games on the BBC and so on, but it wasn't the same as, kind of, you know, I don't know. It just seemed to disappear out of touch almost. It's it's hard to explain, but it, it was a lot harder to keep in touch with the game when you haven't got it sort of pumped through your living room twenty four hours a day, and maybe uh, you know people can get reengaged. If some games are shown on the BBC or one of the other terrestrial channels, and maybe they'll give it a different approach in their coverage and so on, maybe uh, that might lead to a more longer-term relationship. But the problem with that, from my point of view, is you, you just can't see them even paying the money that Sky would ultimately. You can't imagine the BBC spending millions on Super League rugby to get it back exclusively or anything. So, you know, hopefully... If we can get through this particular dip in terms of finances and COVID and everything else, and the game still provides good viewing figures and entertainment, then they'll get the reward with a better contract the next time around. Speaking of television coverage, um, I think one positive from this year so far is that the women's game is getting some um, some broadcast coverage. Uh, Matches are being streamed on the web and Sky are showing a, a very brief, but even so, they're showing a highlights show after each round of um, Super League matches. And I think that's fantastic for the women's game. Leeds Rhinos win over Featherstone was the streams game last weekend and um, it got a 15-minute little highlights package on Sky on Monday night. Um Obviously, there's been some talk on the web over the over the weekend about the standard in Women's Super League, the fact that um, there's now going to be a Super League South competition. But I think with the women's game, it's important just to get people playing, um, to get more teams involved and to spread the word, really. There is 
a big difference between the top teams in women's Super League and the bottom. That's um, there's no doubt about that. There were some real blowout scores at the weekend, but hopefully the teams who were on the wrong end of those will learn and will develop and will attract players and and will get better. Um, obviously, it's up to them to get up to the standard of the top teams, your Leeds and your St Helens and and Wigan, but the the game is improving the women's game um some of the clubs teams are very good Leeds are a good side Castor are a good side um St Helens are a good side um and that's it's a real growth area for the game and it's something that that rugby league needs to stick with persist with and to um to throw some resources at because i think it's it's something that could really take the game forward the women's um the women's branch of the sport I've just actually got the results from last weekend in front of me they don't make particularly pretty reading St Helens 90-0 against Huddersfield Cass 44-0 against Wakefield um, Leeds 72-0 against Featherstone and the other one was um, 38-0 Wigan against Bradford so all pretty one-sided but they they were all a case of the top team's playing the bottom teams. The bottom teams are competitive when they play against each other um, and I think we should be encouraging them rather than um, rather than taking a, a derogatory approach to the women's game. It's it's still fairly new. The women's game itself has, has been played for a while, obviously, but um, as a Super League competition, it's still fairly new um, and it's developing and I think it could be a real boom for the sport going forward. So let's stick with it and give it the support it deserves. Yes, I think uh, you're right there, Peter. You know, I mean, all games have got to start somewhere, haven't they? You can't imagine the earliest incarnations of Wigan or Wakefield Trinity or Castleford were anything like the teams that play today, you know, as people were learning about the sport and creating new rules and bringing new players in and so on. And and the game had to, had to grow from somewhere. And, and it's the same... Now for the for the women's game, you know some of the better teams obviously have the best players and are going to win by big margins. But you know that's happened in the men's game as well, hasn't it? In the past, you know, I think back to times of teams like Highton and Runcorn Highfield and Doncaster, incarnations of those teams that were thrashed regularly week after week and always finished bottom of the division and you know never seemed to have any players or money and played in dreadful stadiums and so on. Uh, but, you know, from there then, you know, other players may be attracted to the game and, you know, maybe young women looking at Wakefield losing heavily to Castleford at the weekend, for an example, might think, well, you know, I could do something about that. I, you know, I fancy my chances of playing the sport and, you know, helping to improve Wakefield or helping to improve Castleford even. You know, it's all about spreading the word, isn't it? You know, and, Ultimately, if it if women's rugby league isn't your bag, then you know, politely move on. You know, <laughs> we don't have to run down everything and and everyone involved in a particular game. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Fair enough, uh, but let's keep that constructive, and hopefully from there the game will grow. As you say, at the moment the women's game, you know. It, with the Southern Conference, it's spreading the word, isn't it? You know, the people in different areas of the country are getting involved 
in playing rugby league and watching rugby league, which again is important. And yeah, there will be blowouts and, and they're not good to see. And, uh, you know, it's probably a bit demoralising as well for the players in the teams that are getting beaten heavily. But by the same token, I'm sure that if they've put themselves in that position, the women involved be quite determined, you know, to do something about it and try and turn things around and maybe, you know, attract some new players or different players and friends or whatever. And, you know, I, th I think, you know, we've got to give it a chance, you know, to grow and, and uh, develop. And maybe, you know, in another five or 10 years, standards will have improved beyond our recognition in fact i'm sure they will um you know as more people get involved and perhaps more money and grants become available and maybe more super league teams uh, take a women's team under their wing you know and 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 from there enable them to have access to better coaches better facilities better equipment and so on and you know if people want to play the game, then the opportunity should be there for them of either sex. And, you know, let's get behind it and see where we are in a few years' time. And on that point, really, I think uh, we'll call it time for this week and uh, wish Castleford all the best in the Challenge Cup this weekend and the other Yorkshire sides, Hull and Huddersfield. Hopefully we can have some representatives in the last four and uh, say we'll be back next week to talk, I'm sure, about the Leeds and Wakefield game, which is crucial for both teams. Thank Peter once again for his comments. Just my weekly reminder that you can get the very latest rugby league news from Peter's Twitter feed at Peter Smith, YEP, or my own at Richard Byram, YEP, or at YEP Sports Desk, or at YP Sports Desk. And the podcast is also available on Apple and Spotify and Anchor. And you can find it on our websites attached to uh, Rugby League Stories too. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Peter for his comments, and we'll hopefully be back soon. Bye.